This is the Action Network Podcast. It's on target, and it is good. Wow. All right, here we go. From the 10, throwing end zone. Spectacular catch. They're saying it's a catch. Touchdown. You see, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh, my God. That's incredible. Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> and we are underway. What's up, guys? Welcome to the Week 16 Action Network Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Raybon. This is your Week 16 betting preview with odds courtesy of BetMGM, the official odds provider of the Action Network Podcast. I'm joined, as always, by my Action Network colleague and the Prime Minister, of Degenerate Nation, Stucky, Stuck. Uh, first of all, happy holidays. Second of all, congratulations on your head-to-head win over me. Third, congratulations on your sweep uh, with the three sides and a total last week on the pod. And fourth, congratulations on making the playoffs in our fantasy league. Uh, I look forward to uh, whooping your ass in the first round. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, who cares about last week? We're on to next week. But uh, yeah, I got the teaser too. And I could have swept everything. Three sides, total, teaser, and got our money line dog parlay home if the Ravens, maybe if the Ravens got the two, the Packers might have still got a field goal. But yeah, it was a good week. Still a crazy week. Um, trying to figure out who's playing. I mean, there was 47 guys going COVID on Tuesday. I would assume, yeah, I mean, I would make you a pretty substantial favorite in our fantasy playoff matchup. I mean, I just, I've just lost all of my good guys. Hopefully Thielen plays, Lamar Jackson plays, Elijah Mitchell. Mitchell's out. Mitchell's out. So pretty much hoping for COVID luck. I got to give us both props though for last week. Cause I feel like, you know, we did the two episodes, uh, you know, and uh, just want to thank all the listeners out there. Uh, you know, we released two episodes last week because we just did not feel comfortable giving you confident picks on a Wednesday, which is when we usually record for the Thursday release. The listens were around the same number for both episodes. So we, we really appreciate that. You know, I know it's, it's not ideal, but uh, we're back for to one episode this week. Uh, hopefully this works out as we record this on Wednesday evening. Hasn't been quite as much COVID carnage this week as last. Obviously some guys still went on. We'll get to that. But overall, I think this is, has been a little bit of a more sane week. Um, the one thing stuck, I did want to get your opinion on just off the top, because we talked about it last week. If you're listening to this, you know, when it comes out Thursday, what is your kind of view on it? Like locking in things early, given the COVID news, I, I'm kind of leaning towards like unders. I think if you, the totals seemed more likely to go down than up, just given all the COVID situations, you know, offensive players, quarterbacks, guys can move the line more significantly uh, with everything else, you know, you know, if it's a, if it's around a key number and we think it's going to go the other way, maybe you lock it in. But beyond that, I'm waiting. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, it depends on the situation. I mean, uh, every game is different, but I'm I'm a little more hesitant early on this than I have been in the past. If it is around a key number, I want to grab something like above seven or ten, then I might fire earlier the week. And COVID news is going to go against you, and it's going to go for you. And if you bet early and you hope that it evens out, the NFL season, you're going to have a ton of variants anyway. This just adds to the variance, which sucks. But hopefully with some of the new protocols, it's not as bad down the stretch in the playoffs. But yeah, around key numbers. And then like if a team is dealing with COVID, if one of the other teams, then like like I said last week, well, there's smoke and there's fire. So, you know, if a team has a couple pop up early in the week, I might be more inclined to fire against them. And most people just 
you know, you want to be cautious, but you also have to understand if you wait until game day, it's the NFL market. The market's probably going to beat you at the news. All right. Uh, before we jump into the Thursday night football preview, and then of course the Sunday six pack, uh, a few quick notes for you guys. First, in case you're new here, please download the free award-winning Action Network app. It is the top-rated app for sports bettors, and it lets you track every bet that you make. Speaking of the Action app, if you want to reference our Sunday six-pack picks anytime, just use the app's follow feature and follow Sunday six-pack, where we log our top picks every Friday. Uh, And third, Spotify now lets you rate podcasts. So if you listen to the show on Spotify, or if you use Spotify at all, uh, we would really, really, really appreciate it if you gave us a five-star rating. It helps us a lot bring the fire to you guys each and every week all right stuck let's get into thursday night football it's not the best game but it's the only game tonight let's bet thursday night football so for week 16 we have the 49ers traveling to tennessee to take on the titans the Niners are three-point favorites at BetMGM. The total is 43-and-a-half for San Francisco. I already mentioned Elijah Mitchell is out. Drake Greenlaw, the linebacker, also out. Aziz Alshire, linebacker, practiced all week. Looks like he is going to give it a go. He's questionable. Uh, Jaquiski Tart is in. Uh, and then for Tennessee, Taylor Luan out. Roger Saffold on the COVID list, uh, so he'll be out as well. It looks like. And then Deontay Foreman's in. Julio Jones is in. Doesn't even have an injury designation. And A.J. Brown is expected to be activated and play as well. Uh, 62% of the bets on the Niners, but 58% of the money on the Titans as we record this on Wednesday night. Uh, And we have tracked sharp action on the under, even though three quarters of the bets and the money uh, are on the over. So, Stuck, what do you think of this matchup? Yeah, it's tricky, tricky game with some of the key pieces that are out for the Titans. I mean, the Titans, since Derrick Henry went down, they are 26th in EPA per play on offense. And the receivers being out hasn't helped. Tannehill turnovers also hasn't helped. Um, You know, he's just been uh, just dreadful. I mean, he's 29th in adjusted EPA per play since week nine. You know, there's not there's not a run game now, and then you don't have those receivers on the outside, and then Tannehill look just looks pedestrian without all the pieces in the play action, and you don't have to worry about Derrick Henry. So the question is now, okay, how healthy is Julio Jones? He's going to play, and how much do you get from him and AJ Brown? But then now you have to adjust without your whole left side of your offensive line. Um, so and against the San Fran defense, it's been very good against the run all year, and they're number two in success rate against the run. So just trying to figure out where this Tennessee offense is with, okay, you're going to get your receivers back. You still don't have Derek Henry, but now you're losing two offensive linemen on the left side. On the other side of the ball, Jimmy G has been, I mean, the 49ers offense is rolling. Jimmy G has been great, but I think he's getting a bit fortunate. I mean, if you look at some of his numbers under pressure, he has eight touchdowns and four interceptions under pressure, but he has zero big time throws and 10 turnover worthy throws under pressure. And but his numbers have still been pretty good. He's getting away with some some risky throws, and it helps to just be able to just throw it into double coverage, and Kittle just comes down with it. But um, you know, I look at the Titans and this defense, which I was I had a lot of high hopes for early in the season because of all the pressure they were generating. Right, that was the 
biggest weakness with this Titans defense last year. They just can't generate pressure. And, you know, it's not the strongest secondary in the world outside of Bayard at safety. But then early in the year, you know, you had Landry, Simmons, and Autry. Those are the three guys that generate the most pressures for them by far. Over the first nine games, Landry 48, Simmons 42, Autry 42 pressures. Since then, over the past five, Landry 10, Simmons 12, Autry 11. So that means that trio had 132 pressures over the first nine games. That's right around 15 per game, but only 33 over the past five. That's about six and a half per game. So their pressures have dropped from 15 a game down to six and a half. So all of a sudden that pressure is not there. Um, now, granted, they haven't played and they haven't played great offenses. So their defense, their defensive numbers haven't looked awful. It's really just turnovers and their offense has been so bad. But this something has happened with the pressure that Tennessee is generating. I don't know if teams are adjusting if they were, you know, if they have tape on what Tennessee was doing in order to try and generate pressure with stunts and different things up front. And teams are now adjusting and seeing what they're doing because they're just not getting pressure anymore. That's a huge thing that you want to get pressure, obviously, any week, but especially with Jimmy G. So I think that if you're going to bet a side in this game, I think you would have to bet the Titans. This is the, the peak of the 49ers in the market. Um, you're pretty, it's, you know, it's a good buy low, sell high spot on the a desperate Titans team coming off of a very unlucky loss, right? They lost to the Steelers. They dominated that game. Uh, I was on the Steelers. It was no business winning that game. Four turnovers to none. The Steelers at 180 total yards. They have a minus 13 turnover margin in their past three losses. Brave as a dog's been good. 17-11 against the spread, 13-5 and five as a uh, underdog of more than three points. So this is the peak of the 49ers market, I think. But I have enough questions about this Tennessee offense with what I'm going to get from the receivers, the offensive line, and this defense that's trending downward with the pressures. But – but I can't, I can't back the 49ers as a three and a half point favorite here on the road. Yeah, it's, it's down to three at many books and it may be three across the board by the time we, uh, by the time our listeners get to hear this, just because I think that Julio, you know, getting off the injury report was a little bit unexpected given that he didn't practice Monday, Tuesday, and then, you know, AJ Brown likely to be activated. So I kind of agree. It's it's if they weren't getting those two guys healthy, I think this would be a 49ers bet. One of those bets where like you don't feel good about the number, whether it's three, three and a half, even four, but just kind of like a smash spot for them. I mean, you look at the Titans in two of their last three games, they've run for 200 plus yards. They've run for more yards than they passed for in two of the last three games. They scored 13 points in both of those games and lost both of those games. If this team now cannot run the ball, which San Francisco has been excellent, as you mentioned, against the run, then, you know, San Francisco can do its normal, you know, 20 to 27 point kind of thing. And they don't even have to have all three of Kittle, Samuel, and Ayuk go off, and they're going to win this game. But now it's just that now I don't know what I'm getting, like you said, from Brown and Jones, because you're now you're talking about the Titans, who are a physical team too, just like the Niners, you know, December football, you got to be careful sometimes. You know, this, the, the numbers say one thing, but then one of these teams is a lot more physical and it's just not 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 a good look. But both of these teams, I think, are pretty physical. I do think it hurts the, the Titans that they're not getting as much pressure because it's a good offensive line for the Niners. But I think with these two receivers healthy, the Titans, this is what they do. They just stay in games and it could be ugly. They can, they can win ugly. They can lose ugly. 
but uh, they I play think up and down right. everybody. Yeah, right. They play up and down everybody, and and just the key with get Tannehill getting some time because the San Fran defense has been they're banged up in the secondary. They've been very good against the run. They can generate some pressure, but their weakness the deep ball. Thirty second in the league, dead last defending the deep ball. Is if Jones and Brown are healthy, that's that's where the Titans have to live. They have to take shots. I'm sure they're going to try and set up the run. And they've been decent without Henry, not great. And part of that is defenses don't have to respect. Yeah, they give him the run. Henry's yeah. not. So you're 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 able to get some yardage. But that's where they have to attack. They have to attack deep with this 49ers secondary that's banged up at corner, at safety, and that's been their weakness. So if Jones and if Jones and Brown are good to go, that's that's where this comes yeah. down to. And Tennessee plays up and down to everybody. So I think this ends up being a close game, but I wouldn't buy the 49ers at the peak of the market. Titans yeah. are nothing at three and a half for me. Yeah, I, I think the line is pretty, pretty on. All right, let's get into our Sunday six-pack. Presented by our friends at the Athletic Brewing Company. Thirsty for action? Let's crack open the Sunday six-pack. So stuck with the sweep, the one point for everything plus the additional bonus, uh, 45 for you. I got 46, hit my other two. So probably shouldn't have gone against you on the on the Colts. Uh, Because I actually did go – the Steelers were my third Sunday pick. So I, you know, I, I did go 3-0 and on Sunday after that loss on Saturday, which didn't feel good. Uh, I had nightmares, nightmares of – I mean, the Colts are up 21 nothing and started the collapse. I'm like, oh, this yeah. is a joke again. And then – Taylor breaks the run. I'm yelling for him to go down because the game is over if he goes down. He scores. So then I'm like sitting there and I'm saying, man, what if the Patriots go down, score a touchdown, and then decide to go for two? Uh, because some teams do that now. And I'm like, I cannot lose another two and a half point favorite like this. But I completely disagreed with and was so happy that Belichick didn't go for a touchdown on that fourth down. I know that he covered it and said that there was a little less time. But once he kicked that field goal, I was like, whew. I yeah, uh, I feel I, I, safe now, and I don't have to have flashbacks of uh, this getting a backdoor or anything like that. But um, yeah, it was uh, it was nice to get home. But we're on to this week. What do you got first? From here on out, we're gonna do one point for every pick. We were doing two for our first two early in the year, but given that we usually do record this on Wednesday, you know, obviously there's some uncertainty. I think stuck, you know, stuck's Eagles bet actually got canceled last week. So uh, just let him take the new line at six and a half, which, which covered, which is why he got the sweep. We'll do one point for everything, like including the teasers too. So you can get five max still. And then uh, if you sweep, you get a six point, one point for every side, one point for your total. And then one point for your teaser. 46, 45, one point each. I'm up first with the first pick of the week 16 Sunday six pack. I'm going with the Minnesota Vikings plus three at bed MGM against the Los Angeles Rams. Love the Vikings here as a home underdog. First of all, these two teams, I think the Rams are a little bit better. That's what the, that's what it says on paper. You know, Rams are seventh in weighted DVOA Minnesota's 13th Minnesota's at home. Minnesota actually has a little bit longer rest, even though they played on Monday because the Rams played on Tuesday. You have a, a, a Vikings team that's going to be, I think, a little more desperate. The Rams, you know, with these COVID issues, they kind of got stole two games or at least stole one against the Cardinals. Pr- probably still expected them to beat the Seahawks regardless. But um, I think they're going to be a little bit less desperate in this spot. Minnesota's been fighting for their playoff lives for, for weeks now. 
And uh, this is the kind of spot I love to buy on Minnesota in. Mike Zimmer as an underdog, 33 and 21, 62% against the spread, five and two this season. This is also a spot I love to fade uh, Sean McVay, you know, coming off a multi-game straight up winning streak, eight and 21 against the spread, covering just 28% of the time in his career. So with all those accolades, all that success, you know, all these great seasons, you know, comes a little bit of market inflation because every year McVay has the Rams in position, you know, whether it's for the playoffs, whether it's for a Super Bowl run, whether it's just simply a, you know, a 500 or better record, he's always got them there. Um, but that doesn't translate, you know, necessarily to the spread. It doesn't translate to some of these coin flip games. So eight and 21, two and four this season uh, against the spread when coming off these multi-game straight up winning streaks. And then I'll just throw it in. I don't, I don't know how predictive it is anymore, but we talk about Kirk Cousins all the time. For his career, 22 and 10, 69% as a underdog at 1 p.m. Eastern, two and one this season. He tends to play better early on. So the Vikings should be getting some guys back, uh, particularly Adam Thielen. I think, you know, Thielen is a big, big return for them because Cousins obviously has to deal with that Ram pass rush. Having Thielen alongside Jefferson and Cook, I think gives him a third option there for, you know, for him to get the ball out quick, which you will do, which is why I don't necessarily worry about them a ton against pressure. They could play those some of those frustrating lower scoring games in, in this type of situation, but uh, Minnesota's been in every game this year. They haven't lost a game by more than one possession. So getting plus three at home uh, for this Vikings team, you know, also a good tease piece, but uh, I think they have a very good shot at winning this game. Yeah, I probably would have been on this. Um, the key is stealing, in my opinion. Um, I just, you know, they said he was close last week. He didn't do much in practice today. He needs to play for this offense. I mean, he's so big on third down, so big in the red zone. And then without him, you just have Jefferson, who now will be matched up with Jalen Ramsey, right? So uh, Ramsey's been playing outside more the past couple of weeks. And then all of a sudden it's like, where are we going with the ball? When you have Thielen, uh, you can't cover both of them. And that's the Rams' weaknesses. They don't have elite corner depth. And Thielen is just – I mean, he's just so important for that offense in so many different ways. I'll play – there are a couple things that I do like about the Vikings, and, and I don't know if I'm going to go teaser or side with them because I do think there's value. I think this game should be closer to one pick-ish, depending on Thielen's status. But – there's a couple things I like about this Vikings roster moving forward. They've upgraded their roster internally. So, like, they got rid of Rashad Breeland, who's one of the worst corners in yes. the NFL. Oh. And Dantzler's been a lot better. Darisol, their rookie tackle, they got him, you know, healthy midway through the year. He's playing a lot better. But most importantly, they got Rashad Hill out of there. He's the worst graded tackle in the NFL. You know, then you get, you know, Mason Cole, who's playing for Udo at guard. You made that switch. Cole's playing a lot better than Udo. Garrett Bradbury at center, he's starting to play a lot better over the past couple of games. So there's a, a couple things that I like. And then the red zone defense for Minnesota, you saw it last week against Chicago, just shine. All the reports from Zimmer were all we're doing is working on red zone D, red zone D, red zone D. They're top 10, top five every year. It's like one of those things, the Vikings, Zimmer's defense, third down and red, red zone D. And this year they're 22nd. So I expect some positive regression in that aspect as well. Um, the one thing, a couple things that I don't like is if the can't go, it's just – I don't, this offense is really going to struggle. And Cooper Cup, who's just ripping up the league, plays about 60% of his snaps in the slot. That means he's going to be matched up against Mackenzie Alexander, who is the worst graded corner in the NFL out of 117 qualified corners this year. So that's not great. It's like, who, they're going to have to double him. I'm not sure what they're going to have to do there. 
And the other thing that I want to mention is Kirk Cousins. Yes, he's a lot better in daytime, which is worth noting. He rips up man defense. Rips. I mean, he over the past three years, he leads the NFL in points added um, against man defense. At one point, I think in October, November, over a three-year stretch, he had 35 touchdowns, no interceptions against man. 35 touchdowns, 17 interceptions against zone. He rips up. He rips up man with these receivers, Thielen and Jefferson, who are man beaters. LA plays as much zone as anyone in the NFL. So that's another thing that I'll worry about. But I do think there's value in this line. Desperate team. You get the Rams off of, you know, playing on Tuesday now, they're going on the road to one of the most hostile environments in the NFL. I think it is Vikings or nothing, but just wanted to throw out a couple devil's advocate. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, we know with the Vikings, with the Vikings, anytime you pick the Vikings, there's a whole devil's advocate. Like, this is the most stressful team to bet on. I'm sure it's a stressful to be a fan. The one thing I'll say about the man coverage, and that is a good point, Cousins absolutely does better against man. It's because he's a guy who's going to go with the right read. And, you know, if a guy's singled up, that's advantage Cousins. But Well, and he's got two great receivers that just right. crush man. But I would say this. If you can – if the Ram, yeah, like they've been using Ramsey outside more. But, like, if Ramsey's – if they're not playing man, that means you can also get Jefferson to more advantageous places. You know what I mean? Like – yeah, because because then you can motion him. You can do different things. You can line him up in the slot, see what happens. And if and if anything, you're at least going to get the defense to dictate. So that's the one thing about the Rams, which is it's interesting that they're playing some zone this year. And they've they've been doing fine with it. Yeah, I agree. Thielen is big, but still a good spot for Minnesota. Home dog getting three. All right. For my first pick and the second overall pick of the week 16 six pack, I'm going with the Arizona Cardinals minus one at BetMGM at home against the Indianapolis Colts. Yes, I am backing Cliff. Cliff Kingsbury. There's a lot of things that I do not like about this Cardinals team. One of them is, I mean, Kyler Murray has just been off. He's 24th in EPA plus completion percentage over expectations since week eight. Cliff Kingsbury, by the way, we talk about he fades down the stretch. I mean, he's sick. He's 18 and eight against the spread over the first eight weeks. And he's 9-11-2 thereafter in his career. But there's a couple things that I like about this spot and this matchup. I think that this is a classic buy-low-sell-high spot. Cardinals go on the road. They lose as double-digit favorites to the Lions, get blown out. Meanwhile, the Colts have an emotional win uh, over the Patriots and now go out on the road to Arizona. So let me put some numbers to that. Teams coming off of a loss as a favorite in which they didn't cover by at least 24 points, 106, 62, and two against the spread since 2003. That's 63%. When that team has a winning percentage over 50%, 52 and 24 against the spread, 60, uh, 68% since 2003, covering by about six points per game. It's a 33% ROI. And how about in week when this happens in week 14 or later? 17 and four against the spread, 81%. And when the previous loss came against the team with a losing record in that fashion, 25 and nine against the spread, 73 and a half percent. So there are just many, many that they just speak to the buy low, sell high nature of the NFL market. If the Cardinals don't lay an egg last week and the Colts lose to the Patriots and they got some fortunate bounces, then this line is over three. Right. And the Cardinals are over a three point favorite here. The Colts are getting very beneficial. In turnovers, just like Arizona, but Indianapolis has actually been a little luckier. Colts NFL leading plus 14 turnover margin. Opponents have lost 14 of 22 fumbles. And when I look at this from a matchup perspective, the Colts don't really generate pressure. 
they're, you know, about 19% on a pressure rate. That's the third lowest in the league. The only other teams under 20 are the Falcons, Bears, and Giants. Like you're in poverty. So Colts also league low QB hurry rate. And they play a lot of zone. And that's not great versus Kyler Murray, who eats up zones. And Dave, Colts have also struggled against non-standard runs, right? I talked about this last week when one of the reasons I like them against the Patriots is because they are so good at just stopping backs and power rushing attacks. But quarterbacks who run, you know, when you get some receivers involved in the running, like non-standard runs, the Colts have struggled a bit. So I think that Kyler Murray with his legs and the fact that you're not generating pressure, he can buy time, find holes in the zone, use his legs here to generate some plays. And I also think there's some regression coming for Wentz. He's, he's begging for turnovers. He's begging for picks to start coming. Um, so I just think this is a classic buy low sell high spot on the Cardinals. I still think that I'm, we'll still be looking to sell the Cardinals as soon as we get to the playoffs. I think the Colts have higher upside than the Cardinals, but this is a good matchup for Kyler Murray. Good chance to bounce back. And I think, uh, some value on the Cardinals. I mean, I have these teams really close to even for my power ratings. A lot of people have like the Cardinals number two in the league, throwing home field, throwing the spot, throwing the matchup. Um, I'll, I'll happily take the Cardinals here as a one point favorite and hope the Colts who have treated me very well this year, just come out a little flat and Wentz gives us a couple picks. Yeah. I mean, the only thing that scares me in this one is, and it's hard for me to gauge this because only thing it's cliff. Honestly, Cliff doesn't scare me as much anymore. I think really the thing that scares me is Jonathan Taylor. I almost don't know how to account for him in modeling anymore. I was talking to Kerner about this, but like usually, you know, you're projecting guys for fantasy. Like if a guy gets to five yards per carry at some point in the season, it's amazing because, you know, there's a lot of like a lot of regression, randomness and that. So you need a large sample size of a guy carrying at like a high efficiency to get there. And like Jonathan Taylor is just smashing that this year and so it's like i i agree i think the spot is great i just i i, I could see jonathan t- i mean he's probably just gonna get his his you know it's like kind of i guess it's kind of like betting against the titans it's like you just you had to just I mean, taylor's gonna Henry. get his especially yeah. against the against the cardinals um he's gonna get his no matter yeah. what i mean that's, if you look at over issue it's like cooper cup so, it's gonna get his on the vikings yeah yeah yeah, but uh, no, I, I, I like the uh, I like the spot for Arizona. I, I might end up joining here, but just wanted to point that out. Like John Tatera scares the living shit out of me. Of course. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's go to my second pick and the third overall of the week 16 weekend six pack. I am going with the Las Vegas Raiders minus one and a half against the Broncos. And this is on paper, pretty evenly matched game. Denver 18th in overall DVOA, Vegas 21st. Uh, but for me, there's just a, a massive drop off from Bridgewater to Locke. And it might not be evident for some people, um, but I just think the way the Broncos want to play, uh, Teddy Bridgewater was perfect, even though he's kind of an average at best quarterback, you know, relative to the league. Compared to Drew Locke, it's just night and day. First of all, you know, Bridgewater on the road was 24 and six against the spread in his career, 80%. He was 42 and 21 overall uh, against the spread. And that's because he doesn't really turn the ball over, not going to make a ton of mistakes, uh, can deliver the ball accurately most of the time, um, even if it's not always deep down the field. And it's just when you look at Locke, look at the passer rating, 
in 2020 with pretty much the same kind of group of guys. I know he didn't have Sutton for as, as much, but um, 75 passer rating, 5.8 adjusted yards per attempt. Bridgewater in 2021, 95 passer rating, 7.3 adjusted yards per attempt. So you're talking about 20 points of rating and a yard and a half of adjusted yards per attempt, which for those that don't know, it's just a regular yards per attempt, but you're adding a, uh, a plus 20 adjustment for each touchdown passing and a minus 40 for each interception. Uh, so, you know, just kind of even out, give, give a yardage value essentially for touchdowns and picks, um, but a yard and a half. And even if you apply some regression, like a yard, anything over a yard, that's a massive drop in terms of your expected, you know, point differential. Like now you're talking like over a point into multiple points. Um, when you, when you start getting to a yard or more uh, of differential here and this season, not to mention lock even worse than last year, 59 rating on, on 40 attempts and 3.9 adjusted yards per attempts. That's not even to uh, mention that fumble that he just kind of gave away to the Bengals, which, you know, that I was glad for that to happen because I had the Bengals in that game, but Denver's going to run the ball. I just don't know if Denver has enough here with Drew Lock because without Lock, with Bridgewater there, it's like, okay, now Denver just has to play a mistake-free game and they probably have a – they, they have a shot against the Raiders, especially if it's you're just talking about covering anything under a field goal. Uh, but now, I almost, like the Raiders have a margin for error, and the Broncos really don't. And even with Bridgewater, as I pointed out, you know, heading into the game against Cincinnati, the Broncos started the year with the Giants, the Jags, and the Jets. Three of the worst teams in the NFL. 27-13, 23-13, 26-0. So that's a 76-26 to 26 differential. Ever since then, it's been 201 to 217 in favor of the opponent. So since then, they're minus 16, 25.1 points per game over those first three games. Since then, they failed to go above 20 in seven of 11 games. This offense, even with Bridgewater, have been struggling mightily against, you know, a little bit more league average competition. And, and I don't think the Raiders are bottom tier. I definitely think they're, they're, not, they're not even average. They're probably below average at best but they're not in that giant jet Jaguar tier uh, drew lock at the helm. Uh, I think the Raiders get it going here. Um, you know, kind of saw them in a similar game against the Browns and they eked one out at the end. It was ugly. Uh, I, I expect something similar here. So I, you know, this is one I got it at a, at a, a plus one would like it up to two and a half, three. Um, I, I don't think I'd feel comfortable past that, but I'd say, um, the sooner you get the, the lower you get the number, obviously the better. Cause it could be another one of those 16, 14 slug fests, but uh, just this, the, the drop off from lock to Bridgewater is too much for me to ignore uh, in this offense, especially when Denver's not, Denver's not doing a good job of utilizing the pieces that they have outside of Williams and Gordon. I mean, Sutton has disappeared. Patrick has disappeared every since he signed a contract, except for, you know, a momentary like flashes here and there. He's not been that same consistent guy with all three of him, Judy and, and, and Sutton on the field. And then Judy, you know, kind of goes missing and still hasn't found the end zone uh, this year. Uh, Fanton, Okwebunam kind of, you know, they're solid, uh, but they're not making like difference making plays. The offensive line, sometimes the starters look worse than the backups. It's, it's just just not an offense that I, that I expect to, to do much here against the, the Raiders. Yeah, I can't get behind this one. Um, maybe if Darren Waller plays, but that he's that's, a, that's just such a huge name to keep your eye on. I don't think he's going to play, but he's just so important to that offense. He opens up things for Renfro. You got to double him, and just without him, the offense is just 
I mean, look at what this Raiders team has done after the bye week. They had seven games after the bye. They are two and five. Their wins came over the Cowboys on Thanksgiving due to 30 points because of penalties. Sean Hockley wanted them to win for whatever reason. And the Browns, like the Browns JV team, that's it. They've only surpassed 17 points once, and that was the Sean Hockley game. In all seven of those games, their defense is 31st in EPA per play over that stretch. So they're kind of in free fall. They have these two really lucky wins. They got a field goal at the buzzer than an overtime win against, you know, JV team and ref assisted. Drew Locke is starting. Uh, I trust the Denver defense and their run game a little bit more. I prefer just to tease the Broncos up, but I'll get to that in a bit. All right, so for my second pick and the fourth overall of the Week 16 six-pack, I'm going with the Carolina Panthers, plus 10. See if you can get a plus 10.5, plus 11 out there. This line is just way too high for a road division game with a banged-up Bucks team. I think a lot of it is... Bro, Brady off a loss, Brady off a loss, angry Brady. By the way, can't we call taunting calls on Brady? We call him on everyone else. We're just looking at people, but Brady's like, fuck you to, in, in coaches' faces, and we don't call taunting on him. Must be nice, Tom. But um, that was a beautiful thing for my under last week, just watching Tom. Oh, my goodness. That was the, the under call of the game. year, just like nine zip. And no one even, I don't think anyone got inside the 20 the entire time. But anyway, Brady, yeah, Brady's 42 and 16 against the spread off a loss, 72%. I mean, just stunning. Last year, after the Saints rolled him and held him to three points, he went up to Carolina and destroyed them. But 11 and 12 in this spot is a favorite of seven or more points. So a lot of times, you know, when he's a dog or a favorite of seven or less, he's 31 and four against the spread in this spot. This is different. Laying double digits on the road in a division game with no Godwin, no Evans, no Fournette. Levante David is out. I mean, you saw what this offense looked like when all their skill position players went out. You got Gronk. Well, guess what? The Panthers are really good against tight ends. And then you got Anthony, uh, You got Antonio Brown coming back. Presumably he's fully healthy. Great. That's all you have to shut down. So, and the other thing is that Carolina has the defense that can give Brady problems, right? They can play a lot of man and they can generate pressure up front. Panthers have a league high 29.7% pressure rate. Brady 57.6 adjusted completion percentage and 5.6 yards per attempt under pressure this year that's 28th and 24th among qualified quarterbacks that's what you have to do throw Brady off his game play man get pressure Cam Newton's going to get the start which sucks at this point I'd rather have Sam Darnold in but Sam Darnold's going to play is the word so if (laughs) if Cam Newton is completely (laughs) inept and you know hopefully he's not throwing picks then you got Sam Darnold in there. The only the thing that Sam Darnold can do well is throw short passes. So that's like what you need to do to move the ball against Tampa. I, but I'm not going to sit here and say that this – Tampa's run defense hasn't been as dominant as usual, but I'm not going to sit here and make a case for the Carolina offense. I just think this is too many points uh, against a, a really crippled Tampa offense. I don't care about Brady off the loss. And this is basically – Panthers have been so disappointed. They This is now their Super Bowl, right? I mean, you, a home game – against the defending champs and Tom Brady. This is it for them. Uh, this is their – this is going to be either their season highlight or low light. They're not going anywhere this year, so it comes down to this. But at the end of the day, this line is too high with the cluster injuries that the the Bucks have. And uh, so, yeah, I'm going with Carolina. Yeah, I don't hate it. You know, it, I'd like to get confirmation that Evans, uh, you know, is going to be in or out first. I think he is worth a, a lot to this uh, line or more than usual at wide receiver. I just doubt they would play him. Like they're in the playoffs. It doesn't look good for a one seed. 
and it's a hamstring. You already lost Godwin. Why are you going to risk Evans' hamstring, right? Yeah. I mean, if he's active, it just changes the, it changes the game because then you have Gronk, Brown, and Evans. That's not – that's kind of yeah. like having Godwin – Evan yeah, if Evans Brock. plays, yeah. I, it's completely different because the Carolina has some injuries at corner now. Yeah, Gilmore did practice, but Bouye went on IR. Yeah, yeah. It's, so it's yeah. It's, Gilmore it's, came out yeah. and said, "I don't know why I was on the the list, so he'll play." Um, but yeah, I I just don't see how if you're Tampa, you could throw your double digit favorite. You're probably gonna win this game anyway. You could throw Evans out there already lost, after you've already lost Godwin, after you've already lost Fournette and throw him out there with a hamstring injury that can linger. I mean, you got to re- you can rest him. They got the jets next. I assume they're going to rest him for three straight weeks. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's kind of the only thing. It's same thing with the total on this game. It's like, I would like the under, but um, Evans hasn't been officially ruled out yet. He's just, he was a DMP on Wednesday. Um, so we kind of have to see how that one goes, but you're still getting double digits for a home divisional dog. So don't hate it. All right. For my third pick and the, Fifth overall of the week 16 weekend six pack. I'm going with the Baltimore Ravens plus two and a half at Cincinnati. Uh, this is one I would recommend holding off. See if we get the three, depending on what happens with Lamar might even go higher than that. I think Baltimore closed plus nine against green Bay last week after sitting at, you know, anywhere from four to six for most of the week, but on paper, these teams are, Fairly even Baltimore 16th and overall DVOA Cincinnati 19th. This is a big revenge spot for the Ravens who gave up 41 in a blowout loss as favorites to Cincinnati at home earlier in the year. And, you know, I faded Cincinnati prior to last week. I had faded them three weeks in a row, went two and one. Then I backed them last week and uh, won that. So they've been treating me pretty well, three and one over the last four weeks, uh, betting on or against Cincinnati, I'm going against them here. That's because they're inconsistent. Um, you know, even with that cover and win last week, they scored only 15 points. Their offense didn't play nearly as well against a defense that plays predominantly man coverage as I thought they would. Now, Denver did mix in more zone. Uh, I expect Baltimore to do a little bit more of the same just because it worked so it worked well for Denver last week. Same kind of team here. I just don't know if I can trust this Bengal offense now to do this the second time, what they did in the first game after, you know, Baltimore now, you know, kind of saw what they had, saw where they went wrong, 41 points, Jamar chase. They just let him go nuts. Obviously it's not easy to cover chase, but um, what do you have one catch last week? So he's been kind of down more than up since, since that big game. I think the advantages in terms of adjustments uh, go to Baltimore here. I think that, you know, the desperation now, you know, you mentioned a couple of weeks ago, you were fading Baltimore um, kind of fat and happy. Well, now they've, They've lost a bunch of heartbreaking game. So now they're kind of reeling. They really need this one. Uh, Cincinnati's now on top of the division. So Baltimore really needs this one for the tiebreaker. I expect a desperate effort from Baltimore. Cincinnati just 19 points per game in their last three games. And I've, I've mentioned this before, which is why I was kind of selling on Cincinnati kind of around that midseason point and on. 2.7 points on average below uh league average in terms of the schedule they face that is the highest in the league by nearly a full point which means according to adjusted strength of schedule they have had the easiest schedule by nearly a full point per game uh over the next lowest team so uh you know cincinnati i think that you know they're on top of the division they finally got a win after a couple games where people i think expected them to play better than they actually did um but 
I just don't trust them against a desperate Baltimore team. Uh, I, I think even if Huntley plays, I really like what I saw out of him. And I don't know. I, I want to get your opinion on this stuff. Obviously, you know, the Ravens better than anyone. Um, but uh, I want to, I just wanted to kind of get your opinion on like, do you think like, is Huntley just adjusting better to like the schemes that defenses are throwing at the Ravens than, than Jackson was? Cause it seemed like teams are going to like these cover zero kind of uh, looks where, you know, they would, they would rush a lot of, send a lot of rushers at, at Jackson and they would kind of use like these man zone match techniques in, in the back end, not like a true cover zero, but um, you know, kind of take the inside outside, you know, have three or four defenders defending their receivers, you know, force the, you know, if the backs are going to, and, and tight ends are going to stay in, they bring that rusher, but it's kind of, so they just kind of waste an extra uh, pass protector. Like it just seemed like Jackson wasn't picking that up and Huntley, I just looks a little more decisive out there. I don't know. I don't know if that's just like small sample or what, but I feel good about it. But most of all, I love Harbaugh in, in these spots, uh, regardless of who he's got at quarterback. In his career, 31 and 21, 61% against the spread as a road dog. And divisional road games from week 10 on, excluding the last week of the season when you know, some not always uh, everyone playing for the same thing, but week 10 on divisional road games, 12-1 and 2 against the spread, 92%. The only loss against the spread was that game against the Steelers and uh, I believe we were both on them in that game. So um, really like the, really like the spot for the Ravens, but really curious to hear your thoughts on um, exactly, you know, what's going on with like Huntley versus Jackson. Cause it just hasn't felt like as much of a drop off as you'd expect. No, I mean, Huntley undrafted looks great. Um, and he was really good at Utah. I was surprised he didn't get drafted, but um, he, and by the way, Lamar Jackson is considered day to day. So we'll see. If the Ravens lose this game, it's not the end of their season. They just have to win out. I mean, they have to beat the Rams and then the Steelers at home to close out the year. So I don't know if like not easy. Uh, no, it's not easy. But if he's not fully healthy, they might think that they can try to win yeah. with Huntley. Um, it's not like it's a winner go home. And the Mars nine and one against the spread as an underdog for what it's worth, seven and three uh, outright. And uh, the Ravens are eleven and one against the spread in the last twelve in December. But Huntley's just uh, – teams uh, – look, he, he had he played against the Browns from 21 down when the Browns were playing really soft. And and then last week he was – you know, he played extremely well. He had two, touch, two rushing touchdowns, two passing touchdowns. I mean, Lamar Jackson's never done that in his career in the game. But the Packers were trying to go guard, uh, cover Mark Andrews with Savage one-on-one, which is pretty funny. Teams are still trying to, like – they don't have a lot of tape on him, right? So he has different tendencies and they're running different stuff. And he has that, like, newness factor. But he's also – just going with the read and yeah and firing it and, and, and looking for Andrews a lot, which is smart. He has the eighth fastest time to throw of all qualified quarterbacks this year, and Lamar is at the fifth slowest. So, and then Lamar, I don't know if he was a little hurt or he was just getting indecisive <clears throat> with all the different looks that he was getting. So the offense looks like it's it's uh it's it's functioning even better right now with. Huntley under center, but there are a couple of things I do not like about this game. Um, one, I do like Mark, Mark Andrews have a huge, a huge game. Gaither's on IR. They said Logan Wilson's not going to play. You can eat over the middle of the field against the Bengals, especially with Wilson out. So I do love that. I, but I just don't know. The corners for the Bengals have been great for whatever reason. Awuzie, who I think is going to be back, Hilton and Apple, all top 15 in coverage grade since week nine. I do think their defense is a bit overrated overall, but the, uh, the one thing that scares me is this Ravens defense. I don't know how they're going to get any stops. I don't know who's playing corner. I don't know who's playing on the defensive line. I mean, Brandon Williams, Campbell, but their corners, Humphreys on IR. Peters is on IR. 
You got Averett. Anthony Averett is playing. It's not great. Tavon Young, concussion protocol. Jimmy Smith is still out on concussion protocol. Westry, questionable. Uh, you got Robert Jackson and Kevin Seymour. These are like ninth and tenth string guys that you were playing last week. Uh, so it's really tough, especially when you consider Joe Burrow, who ripped them up the first time they played, is number one in the NFL against fan coverage, number one in the NFL against the blitz. And that's what the Ravens want to do to generate pressures. They want to blitz and they want to play man. And I don't know how they can cover all these Bengals receivers. So I, I would need three here. Um and then, obviously, I have to assume that Jackson is better than Huntley, although you could argue that the offense is operating, but it's a very small sample size in favorable situations. Remember, they were down two, they were down two possessions in the, you know, the fourth quarter of both games. But um, that's what scares me. I don't know how the Ravens' defense is going to get stops. I don't hate the under. I mean, I don't hate the over as a result. Yeah, you know how they're going to – like, I'm, I'm banking on a couple of things. Number one is – Huntley, even if it is in these situations where they're just coming from behind, like I don't expect another blowout is what I'm saying. Like I don't expect the Bengals to just run away with it. But even if they, you know, if you need a back door here, you know, maybe the Ravens are down 10, uh, you know, that, that obviously would be better for the three. Um, that's which is why I'm hoping to get it. But uh, I'll still go. I, I, I think the Ravens have a good chance to win this game. But um, Zach Taylor, that's what's really held, held the Bengals offense back at times. Because, yeah, Burrow's been efficient yeah, and, and had big numbers all year. And yet their offense, like I said, just under 20 points per game over their last three. Uh, you know, it gets, it's just Jamar Chase really hasn't, you know, blown up since that Ravens game. And I just think it's a adjustment advantage Ravens and more desperate team Ravens. Obviously, that, I'm not going to make a, sit here and make a case for the Ravens defense. They usually, you know, they find a way, but it's not a good defense. I think it's, yeah, bottom six, 27th in the league in DVOA. Um, that's not how the Ravens are gonna are gonna win this game. It's gonna be mistakes by the Bengals, but the Bengals have been one of those mistake prone teams, and that's part of the issue. You say that stuff kind of regresses, but it's 14 games into the season. Joe Burrow tied for the league leading interceptions with 14, leads the league in sacks taken with 44. That's how you're gonna keep the Ravens in a game and potentially even blow this game. Um, despite the fact that, yeah, you obviously have some weapons on the outside. That's true every week for the Bengals. I mean, I think Higgins only missed, missed what, like one one or two games? Chase hasn't missed any games. Boyd hasn't missed any games. Usoma hasn't missed any games. Mixon, I think, has, what, missed one game? Like, it's they've had they've had their guys all year. So, uh, it's just been uh, – mistakes have been an issue for them. This is the worst secondary in the league right now. But um... – just from a personnel perspective, their safeties are all out too, but uh, I'll be rooting for you. I don't know if I'm going to be, I want three. I'll probably be on a tease here. I think it's a good tease piece from two and a half up to eight and a half. All right. For my third pick of the Sunday six pack and the sixth overall, I am going with the Cleveland Browns plus seven and a half at that MGM. It's not something I love doing, fading Aaron Rodgers in Lambeau, and he's been pretty much automatic against the spread this year. But I think this line is too high. I make it closer to five. And if you look at some of the Browns' results, like it, so many fluky losses, like P.I. against the Chargers, the botch punt against the Chiefs, you know, there's a, the, that Ravens game. There's a lot of games that they could have won. This is a much better team, I think, overall than 7 7. They just have a COVID game. They've had weather games. They've had a lot of injuries. Their quarterback, running backs. I think that they are going to get most of their offense back here. They won't have Hunt, but it looks like everyone should test out on offense. And on defense, 
the biggest question is Miles Garrett with his groin and then Clowney because McKinley's out for the year. So, and that's so big, but I'm assuming, I think Garrett's going to give it a go. Clowney, it's going to come down to testing. And I don't know, but it's big because Rodgers under pressure this year, 29th in adjusted completion percentage, 28th in yards per attempt, seven big time throws, six turnover worthy throws, 61 quarterback rating. That's 23rd. When he's clean, 24 touchdowns, one interception, 123 quarterback rating. It's not even close. No one's even close to it. So that's a, that's a big thing here. But the, the Packers have injuries of their own. I mean, Billy Turner's hurt. You have, you know, Bakhtiari is not playing. Jenkins, Josh Myers, your center. You basically only have one of your original starters on the offensive line. And I think that this is a decent matchup for the Browns. Just go in there, run the ball, December game, going against a run D that's 25th in the league against the run DVOA. Kenny Clark's on COVID list. Dallas Scantling's on the COVID list as well. Browns win out. They go to the playoffs. You'll get a desperate effort here. I think this line is too high based on what we saw last week. I know it's a short week. They're going to Lambeau. But I think that this is too many points over a touchdown. This Packers team's are getting pretty fortunate in a number of different departments and in these close games. I think the Browns can keep this within a touchdown. And if you get like Garrett and Clowney both play, I could see the Browns winning this game outright. So I just think there's some value in this number over a touchdown. So give me the Brownies. Yeah, it's, it, this is another one that I'm kind of – I'm not really on the, this one. I'd rather tease the pack down. I just – I feel like the the issue with the Packers last week against the Ravens was, well, number one, they were on the road. They never play as good on the road as in Lambeau. But number two, you know, their issues in pass defense, they, they seem to be overachieving all year in pass defense. You've kind of pointed it out. I don't know how – now, they're 19th in DVOA, which doesn't look great, but, I mean, they could easily be, like, 25th to 30th, um, given some of the injuries they've had. But uh, they just didn't seem to to want to keep contain on Huntley. And Mayfield's not a scrambling threat. Now, this is not a pressure spot for Mayfield, necessarily. The Packers aren't going to get a ton of pressure. But uh, I just worry about this Browns defense. Um, get Like, if they get behind, they're 23rd against the pass. Like, if they get behind, I don't know if they they, they can keep it close here. So... Um, I rather tease the pack down, just kind of enjoy the Rodgers at Lambeau trends that hit above 60%. But uh, I'll root for you on this one. You root for me on Baltimore, and uh, hopefully we go 6-0 and on the spot. Damn, almost got it. If I hadn't bet against you last week, we would have had it. That's that's my yep. bet. <laughs> of course. So that's going to wrap it up for our Week 16 Weekend Six Pack presented by our friends at the Athletic Brewing Company. To recap, Stuck is going with Arizona Minus one against the Colts, Carolina plus 10, and Cleveland plus seven and a half. I'm going with Minnesota plus three, Vegas minus one and a half, and Baltimore plus two and a half. So that concludes our six-pack presented by Athletic Brewing Company, whose innovative processes allow them to brew great-tasting craft beer without the alcohol. From IPAs to stouts to golden ales and more, they offer a full selection of craft brews starting at only 50 calories. With two custom breweries in Connecticut and California, they've created a lineup of styles loaded with accolades, including the 2020 World Beer Award gold medal for their flagship IPA, Run Wild. With full flavor, low calories, and no chance of a hangover, Athletics Brews let you enjoy the refreshing taste of beer anytime and anywhere. 
Place an order today at athleticbrewing.com and get free shipping when you order two or more six packs. And enjoy 10% off your order with promo code ACTION10. That's A C T I O N 10. Cheers. All right, Stuck. Now it's time for the week 16 coaches pep talk. I'm sick of watching you guys play. Just how bad can it get? This week's coaches pep talk comes to us from Chevy Chase in the Holiday Classic National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. And we are dedicating it to, gotta do it one more time. Good luck, good riddance. Probably a permanent Christmas vacation from the NFL, barring something unforeseen for Urban Meyer, but gotta dedicate it to him one more time. Got my Jags gear on, got my Mark Brunel. Uh, you'll see why in a little bit, but uh, Urban Meyer, this one's for you. Uh, hey. If any of you are looking for any last-minute gift ideas for me, I have one. I like my boss right here tonight. I want him brought from his happy holiday slumber over there with all the other rich people. And I want him brought right here with a big ribbon on his head. And I want to look him straight in the eye, and I want to tell him what a cheap, lying, no-good, rotten, four-flushing, low-life, snake-licking, dirt-eating, inbred, overstuffed, ignorant, blood Sucking, dog-kissing, brainless, dickless, hopeless, heartless, fat-ass, bug-eyed, stiff-legged, spotty-lipped, worm-headed sack of monkey shit he is. Hallelujah. Holy shit. Where's the Tylenol? All right. Stuck, let's get into our favorite total of the week. What do you got for the total? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go with Chiefs Steelers under 44 and a half at BetMGM. It's look, there's a lot of questions with the Chiefs here, like Kelsey, Tyree Kill, they're on the COVID list, Butker's out. He won't be playing their kicker, which could be big for some of these big, long kicks for the Chiefs. But the Chiefs offense, I, there's still issues with it. Like, And when I look at when I watch it, when I look at some of the metrics, look at, you know, the past 10 games for Mahomes, two against the Raiders, seven touchdowns, no picks, nine yards per attempt, 74% completion percentage. The other eight, nine touchdowns, nine picks, six and a half yards per attempt, 61% completion percentage. He's 24th in completion percentage over expectation and 13th in adjusted EPA per play since week five. So, I mean, it's just the offense is something off. Now, you might not have Kelsey. You might not have Hill. The Steelers, past defense has been pretty good this year. They can generate pressure. They can sit their safeties back. They can let the Chiefs carve them up in the run. That's been their primary weakness. Fine, take the ball to Mahomes' hands. I think that Chris Jones will be back in the middle for the Chiefs' defense. The Steelers' offense is horrendous. They can't move the ball. Under, this is a rah-rah Tomlin spot. You know, it's a dog. It's, you know, for their season against a team with a winning record. The unders are usually good in, in that spot as well. What? A rah-rah Mike Tomlin spot. Cut your eyelids off. Don't blink ever. Don't blink ever. I saw a couple of y'all blinking, though, for real. No, no, no. Gotcha. I'll talk to you about it. So I think this is a lower scoring game. And uh, so give me the under in Chiefs-Steelers. Yeah, uh, I might be looking to join you here. Uh, I've been looking at the Chiefs and and their offense, and it's like when they're not playing the Raiders, it's been uh, it's been a struggle. I think their defense is getting a lot better. So and you got uh, Hayden back last week for Pitt too. That's big, also. I mean, that what was it? Was it Hayden on that interception where he just kind of flew? Yep, and he had that tackle at the end of the game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, geez, that was I was I was hyped after that because I, I I was on I was with you on the uh, on the Steelers, so that was uh, that was good because that was the only way they were going to win that game like plays like that so be it we will not go gently we're gonna unleash hell here in december we're gonna go in attack mode because we have to because that's what's required for my total i am going with the 
Texans Chargers under 46 and a half at BetMGM. I think this line is too high. This line might be too high even if everyone plays, but this is kind of a speculative, um, you know, lock in here because again, I think this time of year, uh, especially with all the potential COVID news, I think it's more likely that it affects the offense, offensive players, especially the quarterback tend to be worth a little more, you know, outside of, you know, top pass rushers uh, to the spread, but Austin Eckler goes on a COVID list. That's obviously huge. Even though Jackson played well last week, uh, Jalen Guyton goes on the COVID list. So, we don't know what else is going to happen with this charger offense. I mean, you have a running back and a receiver, obviously Guyton going on, you know, Allen's been on it. You know, he tests out again or, or Williams that's big. Then you have both of these defenses are better in pass defense, which, you know, when I'm betting an under, I always take the defenses that are better in pass defenses and, and worse, worse in run defense. And uh, like a lot of people may not realize this about Houston, but they're pretty decent defense. Uh, against the pass they're 17th overall in dvoa 10th against the pass top 10 uh in the league against the pass on defense uh the chargers are 12 so you have two top 12 pass defenses in this game and then the chargers major issue all year has been the run on defense yeah yeah, 31st the texans cannot run it i mean you talk about breaking models i have to go in every week and manually lower every texans running back to like 2.9 yards per carry because uh, that's essentially what they do this year. It's like, uh, I, I'll read it off right now. Here are the Texans running backs. Mark Ingram, he had 92 carries with the team, 3.2 yards a carry. He's not there anymore. Rex Burkhead, 72 carries, 2.9 yards per carry. David Johnson, 62 carries, 3.2 yards per carry. Philip Lindsay had 50 at 2.6. Uh, Freeman, 17. He's going to be the third back for this game. 17 carries, 33 yards, 1.9 yards per carry. Uh, so, and that's, and then Davis Mills has 12 carries for 29 yards on the year. So Tyrod Taylor was your best rusher at 19 for 151 with three touchdowns, led the team in yards per carry, still leads the team in touchdowns. Here's a crazy stat. Here's an absolutely nuts stat. The Texans have had 336 carries this season. Tyrod Taylor has 19 of them. Tyrod Taylor still leads the team in rushing touchdowns with three. He has three times as many as any other Texans player, despite having 19 of their 336 carries playing in six of their 14 games. Like that's utterly absurd. I do not think the Texans will be able to run the ball here. The chargers are good in pasty. The chargers may not be healthy uh, on offense. So the NFL average is 45.6 points in terms of the total. Each team is averaging 22.8 points per game. Uh, That's the league average. So this is one of the few totals on the week that's actually above the league average. And I just don't think it's warranted given uh, that the Texans are one of the teams and given that the Chargers are going through some COVID issues. But I mean, the market's pretty sharp in terms of some of these other numbers. You know, the Bucks total already down to 44. The, the Steelers and Chiefs total already down to 44. The Bills, Patriots, 43 and a half. Uh, you know, Seahawks, Bears down to 42 and a half. Broncos, Raiders, 41 and a half. You know, there's not too many of these totals here. You know, Vikings, Rams are above it and, and, and a, a couple other ones. But, you know, th- this is a pretty efficient totals market this week. And, and this is really one that stands out to me, um, you know, sitting here at 46 and a half at BetMGM. So uh, really like the Chargers, Texans under. Yeah, don't hate it. So to recap, Stucky is going with Chiefs Steelers under 44 and a half. And I'm going with Texans Chargers under 46 and a half. Now it is time for our Favorite teaser of week 16. 
Oh, yeah. Six point teasers. If you don't want me to. All right, so for those not familiar with teasers, you're essentially getting an additional six points to add to uh, a parlay of two or more bets. Uh, six points is a standard teaser. You can get six and a half or seven uh, or more depending on your book, but we do six-point teasers here. Stuck has a lot of great content out uh, about how to approach these uh, to get a sustained edge. Uh, it's all about teasing through key numbers. You can Google Stucky and teasers uh, for that content or you can search it for it at Action Network dot com uh we each do a teaser on the show every week uh it'll count for a point this week since we're lowering uh each of the six pack picks to one point each um from our first two being two uh, just because of the covet issues uh don't want to unbalance things so stuck uh where are you going with your teaser for week 16 i'm going to go with the uh, plus one and a half right now broncos at, yeah, at mgm sure. yep i'm going to go getting the broncos up over seven i talked about this raiders team they they scored over 17 points once in the past seven games I think this will be a lower scoring game. And I'm going to tease the Falcons down from six to a pick. I don't believe Jared Goff's going to play. By the way, Jared Goff over the past like three weeks has been really good up there with some of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. But uh, letdown spot for the Lions here. I think the Falcons get it done at home against bad teams. That's what they do. Beat bad teams. So give me the Falcons and the Broncos. Don't hate it. Uh, I'm going to stay with my – you're picking against one of my six-pack picks, and I'm going to do the same. I'm going to go Green Bay down to – one and a half from seven and a half against the Browns uh, just for some numbers, Aaron Rodgers at Lambeau. Anytime the spread is minus 13 or less, or he's an underdog in his career, 61, 27 and three 69% against the spread six and zero this season. So uh, I do agree with you that the Packers may be in for some regression. Um, they are getting lucky with some of these wins and some of these covers. So, but I do like them to win this game uh, at home. You know, Rodgers against Mayfield is essentially what it comes down to for me. Um, and uh, Rodgers often against the spread loss, also 46, 23, and 167%. Rodgers against the AFC, 61%, uh, 30, 19, and 1. Uh, so the unfamiliarity tends to help the pack here in these kind of spots. So uh, feel good about getting the Packers under a field goal. Can't believe I had them last week at, in a tease at uh, minus one. They just had a cover. And of course, they blow that. And it might've been better if the Ravens got to two, because then you get the field goal and they win by two, perhaps, perhaps maybe, but going back to the well with the Packers here and then Minnesota going plus three to plus nine already mentioned them in uh, the six pack. So I'll keep it brief. But one thing I will say, Minnesota has not lost a game by more than eight points all year. So plus nine to, to this point would have covered every single week with the Vikes. All right, that's our teaser for this week. Stuck going with Denver up from plus one and a half to plus seven and a half against the Raiders and Atlanta from minus six to a pick against the Detroit Lions. I'm going with the Packers seven and a half down to one and a half at home against the Browns and the Vikings plus three to plus nine at home against the Rams. Now it's time for our money line underdog parlay. Turning good weekends into great weekends. It's time for the Moneyline Parlay. I've been really strong this year with our parlays, uh, even on weeks where we don't hit the parlay. Uh, usually at least one of us has hit. 
Uh, so, Stuck, where are you going this week for our parlay? I'm going to go with the Bills. I, I like the Bills as a teaser teaser piece, and if it got to three, I would play them. I really like them in the spot, but they got a couple things that concern me here. I mean, Beasley's on the COVID list. Deion yeah, Dawkins, yeah. yeah, he's out. Deion, Deion Dawkins didn't play last week, and neither did John Feliciano. They were on the COVID list. John Feliciano was hospitalized. Deion Dawkins was hospitalized before. That means Spencer Brown had to go to the left side. They had to kick Williams out to right tackle. He's better at guard, and they just their whole offensive line was a mess last week. It's been a problem all year. The only time they had all five of their offensive line starters was against Tennessee and the Chiefs. They put up 30, 38 and 31 in those two games. Their corner depth is also really shaky with Trey White. I mean, Jackson went out last week. They brought in a special teamer. So that worries me. Harrison Phillips, by the way, is basically taking over the starting position for Starlo Tulele, uh, which is really interesting. But he's playing well up front. And I don't know, Josh Allen's foot, is he fully healthy? Can he run? That's a huge part of the offense. They didn't have any design runs last week. Maybe they were saving him for this week. Can the Bills run D step up? You know, they might go heavier packages, but Tommy Sweeney, the other tight end who they were using as a blocker, he's out for the year now. So there's a couple questions I now have with the Bills. I think the Patriots are overrated. I've talked about that. Um, I think the Bills can keep this with the one possession, which I like him as a teaser piece. I want to see what happens with their offensive line before I pull the trigger on a bet on them. But I think that there's some high upside with look, the Bills have been unlucky on offense with penalties, turnovers, uh, just things out of their control. The Patriots on the hand have been pretty lucky in things that they can't control. Allen has been so close with some of these deep shots. And, you know, fourth down, they were 80% last year, 30% this year. They're losing every one possession game this year. They're due for some luck here. Revenge spot. I like this staff. I think the Patriots are a bit overrated. I'll take a shot with the Bills here. Should be a good game. Yeah, I mean, after seeing that first, after seeing that last week against, you know, the the Colts, you know, a little bit of the luster came off the Pats. Obviously, it's a bounce back spot, but, you know, probably would have been a little bit of a different game uh, that first game around, if not for that crazy weather. So, can't fault you there. I think the Bills, you know, they've, they're still one of the best teams in the league. I mean, it just hasn't looked pretty all the time. But, um, you know, Patriots are, I think, really good too. But toss-up game, and you're, so you're getting, you're getting value there. I got my Mark Brunel throwback on uh, because – for the first time, all of the 2021 NFL season, I am backing the Jags on a bet. I am going with them against the Jets here. Uh, you know, it's, a, it's actually a pick them, so minus 110. So not, no, nothing crazy in terms of juicy odds or anything like that. But uh, I think the Jaguars can absolutely win this game. A lot of people thought you know, last week would be the week. You know, The line moved heavily in their favor after Urban Meyer got fired, but uh, listen, there's a lot more things wrong with the Jags than Urban Meyer. Uh, and this week against the Jets, I think they're a better team. And that's, you know, you had Jets just dealing with some COVID issues. So first of all, Jersey is not a home field advantage, especially for the Jets, their little brother in that stadium anyway. But it never has been. If you look, go to ESPN this week, you see an article about just the Giants and Jets dysfunction. Uh, and I think it's pretty ironic, but um yeah this, this Jets team is not very good Salah the head coach test positive for COVID uh dealing with some COVID issues beyond that you know their corner Michael Carter on the COVID list Elijah Moore's already been placed on on the IR so they and now they're you know one of their tight ends Ryan Griffin on IR uh this this team is really not going to have much in terms of throwing the ball uh the running game is you know it's okay it's hit or miss not great the line isn't great. There's really no strong unit on this Jets team. Uh, and so against the Jags, that's this is when you back the Jags. You know, the Texans at least had a 
uh, like a strong pass defense, which you saw Davis Mills have a better game than Trevor Lawrence. Uh, Zach Wilson has been really bad. You know, he's getting some rushing touchdowns to kind of bailing him out, but he's been pretty bad all year. Now he's doesn't really have anything to work with the Jags. Are, and, and then the Jags are 14th in run defense DVOA. So they're a little bit above average there. Uh, I think the, you know, that's the Jets best hope in this game. The Jets are 32nd against the pass on defense, 32nd against the run on defense. So Jaguars are, are, have the easier matchup, even though it's two bad teams. And then, uh, so all you're really looking at is the home field, which is not really a home field. You look, you got the Jaguars actually might have the head coach advantage in this game. Uh, you know, Salah's not able to come back. And uh, yeah, I just think this Jets team is one of the few teams that's that's probably equally as bad or worse than the Jaguars. So coin flip, coin flip game for me, slight edge to the Jaguars, especially because we don't know what else is going to happen with the Jets uh, COVID wise. And I think the Jags are doing a smart thing. They're giving James Robinson 80 plus percent of the snaps. The Jets run defense is, I mean, if you saw that Miami game, I feel like Miami came into the game, but plans on passing it a little bit more. And then it was like anyone they handed the ball to is just seven, eight yards every time that they just like abandoned the pass. You know, one like they, they pass it once and like Tua throws a terrible pick six, but like for most of that second half, they would just run it right down the Jets' throats. They knew it was coming out of shotgun, couldn't stop it any which way. Uh, I think that's how the Jaguars win this game here. That and I think they could stop the run a, a decent amount. So give me the Jags uh, minus one ten at BetMGM against the Jets. Could be a sneaky over. Two two of these underperforming quarterbacks. They both face top five schedule of opposing pass defenses it's just one of those games where it end up being a random shootout but uh don't hate it all right so that's a 3.1x payout uh bet 100 win 410 uh with the parlay of the bills plus 115 jags minus 110 the action network podcast is proudly presented by bet mgm and to celebrate the 2021 NFL season, BetMGM is offering a great sign-up offer for our listeners, a $1,000 risk-free first bet. You just open an account at BetMGM and make your first deposit. Then, make your first bet. If that bet wins, the money is yours. And if your bet doesn't win, BetMGM will refund you in free bets up to $1,000. It's that simple. To get started, just click on the link in this episode description. BetMGM has been a great podcast partner, and they've got all the best features for NFL betting, like live betting and daily odds boosts. Plus, BetMGM is compatible with our BetSync technology, so when you place a wager at BetMGM, that bet can automatically be tracked in your action app. So open an account today and make your first bet risk-free up to $1,000. Just click on the link in this episode description to get started. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Michigan, New Jersey, Colorado, Indiana, West Virginia, Iowa, Virginia, Tennessee, Nevada, or Pennsylvania. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and Nevada. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-800-270-7117 in Michigan. 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. Or 1-888-532-3500 in Virginia. BetSync not available in Nevada. Thanks so much for listening. Let's get back to the show. Now it's time for the best of the rest, which are the games that we did not discuss in any other segment. First up, Giants at Eagles. Eagles 10-point favorites, the total 40 and a half. As we record this on Wednesday evening, 
65% of the tickets are on the Giants, but 95% of the money on the Eagles. So uh, a little bit of a pros versus Joes in terms of the handle. And then there's also sharp action here on the under. These teams played a, a 13 to 7 giant victory in which the Eagles could have won pretty much on a walk-off fashion, but uh, failed to reel in. I think it was Rager failed, failed to reel in a, a pass uh, that could have scored for him. So, uh, yeah, a- any thoughts on this one, Stuck? Uh, Giants defense dead last in rush success rate since week eight. Eagles offense number two. Their offense, their rush offense is rolling. Jake Fromm starting with Giants. Line seems a touch high. Eagles on a short week. Uh, yeah, but no thanks. This game's gross. Uh, all right. Jake from State Farm. Who is this? It's Jake from State Farm. <laughs> Chicago at Seattle. Seattle by six and a half is the line at Bet MGM with the total at 43 and a half. The public loves Seattle here. 68% of the bets, 91% of the dollars on the Hawks. The sharp action that we've tracked uh, backs that up. Sharps are on Seattle as well. Um, so sharps and public on the same side. And then... Sharps also on the under in this one. Uh, any thoughts on on Seattle in Chicago? No, nope, no, thank you. I mean, Chicago was just melting down last week with penalties. Where are they at mentally? There's rumors of people were checked out. And Seattle, I mean, that was their season last week, essentially. And it's a short week. So do they come out flat? I'm not sure Russell Wilson is still right after watching him last week. That's just no, no, thank you. I don't, I don't want to put a single dollar on this game. Yeah, Seattle, I mean, that offense, just when you thought they were turning a corner, um, but remember, they got that fake punt against San Francisco. So really, it's more like they had 23 points in that game. Maybe it was just that that one game outburst against the Texans where they get to 33. But uh, yeah, odd, odd looking Seattle offense. Um, maybe they get Lockett back, but I wouldn't trust them to cover this number. Uh, I Stay away from me, I, I think. I don't even know if they win this game, to be honest. Uh, Washington at Dallas. Washington is a 10 and a half point underdog on the road. Uh, these teams played a couple weeks ago. It was a 27-20 Dallas win, so the total's at 47.5. 53% of the bets on Washington, which is surprising. Dallas usually a public team, uh, but only getting 47% of the tickets here. 61% of the money, however, is on the Cowboys, and we have tracked sharp action on the Cowboys despite the large spread stuck. Any thoughts on this one? Yeah, you got to wait to see who's available for Washington. Um the Cowboys right now, they're a two seed, by the way, but if they win out, like say they beat the Cardinals next week, then, okay. then they're going to be the three seed. They'll actually drop down to the three seed because then they'll knock the Cardinals out and then they lost to the Bucs in the head-to-head. Um, but they actually are winning the three-way tiebreaker right now. Um, and the, the Cowboys still have a shot at a one seed. Yeah. Like if the Bucs lose, they can still get the one seed because they have the best conference record. So the, the NFC is, is pretty fascinating. And, and the 49ers, this is a big game for the 49ers tomorrow night because – they lose a lot of the three-way tie break at, the, at 10 and 7. The Eagles get the 10 and 7. They, the Saints, they all win the tiebreakers over San Fran. Um, so something to keep in mind. But the Cowboys are interesting. You know, it's a short week for Washington. COVID issues, a lot of uncertainty there. But Dak Prescott, 28th in adjusted EPA per play since week nine. Cowboys offense, 24th EPA per play over that stretch. 17 drops and 17 pressures in their past 17 games. You know, when the first six games, so it's 17 drops, 17 pressures allowed in their past seven games. Their first six, four drops, four pressures allowed. So, like, there's drops, 
there's the offensive line has dropped off. Dak Prescott isn't playing as well. His average depth of target is going down. I don't know if the playbook's being shortened. They, yeah, they had 18 passes of five yards or fewer last week with, with 10 being not behind the line of scrimmage. I don't know if they're just holding back in the playbook. Their run game isn't going as well. It's 28th in rush success rate since week nine. Zeke is hurt. Zeke's yeah, still, Zeke is not 100%. Zeke's still getting too many carries. He's, for the season, league completely league average. Run rush yards expected over average. And, you know, Pollard is way above that. But he doesn't look healthy either. So there's just a lot of things that's wrong with this offense right now. And the Cowboys have 15 touchdowns over their past 75 drives. That's 27th in the league over that stretch. So, yeah, what's going on with the Cowboys offense? I think some of it is, you know, the offensive line have had moving pieces. The play calling has been great. There's drops. You know, I think it'll be okay. But it's 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 an interesting thing to watch. I don't know who's playing for Washington here. I probably have no interest in this game. But I got to give credit to the Dallas defense. They keep playing well and showing up. And, by the way, I, I mentioned a lot of man and zone defenses. Like, when I think of zone defenses – a lot of it's coaching tree. You got Rams, Eagles, Seahawks, Raiders, Packers, Colts, Browns. Those teams play a lot of zone. The man defenses, Patriots, Dolphins, Saints, Ravens, Broncos, Broncos Chiefs, and the Cowboys are playing a lot of man yep. this year. And that's a Dan Quinn has evolved, and this defense is uh, – I mean, it's incredible if you look at some of the stats of Michael Parsons and the amount of pressures he's generating, and he's not even blitzing on most downs. I mean, it is – uh, it's stunning. I got to give a lot of credit to the Dallas defense and their punter. Anger's been incredible. But uh, yeah, I want to see that they, if they're going to win it all, they need this offense to break out of this funk. But nothing there for me. I think part of it is since week five, so st- well, starting in week six, they've gotten two full games out of Tyron Smith. Like he's been, yeah. he's played fewer than 100% of snaps in three others. Uh, and then he's missed uh, the other, the remaining games over that stretch. So that, that that's yep. a big part of it. Cause we, I mean, I, I still remember, I think it was maybe two, three years ago, the Cowboys were favorites against the Falcons in, in a game and, and their whole game just got wrecked by who, 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 I forget who it was just had like the day of his life, like, like four sacks or something like that. But it, Tyron Smith was out, was the upshot of that. You're kind of seeing that that offense is never quite right when he's out of lineup run or pass. So. Um, that, I'm sure that's part of it. But yeah, stay away from me here. Division game, just played a couple weeks ago. Washington got lucky with a pick six, but I have no idea um, how healthy they're going to be um, heading into, into this one. All right, uh, let's do the survivor pool pick of the week real quick, and then we'll get out of here. I'll survive. I will survive. Oh. The survivor pool pick of the week. All right, Stuck, obviously we both got knocked out in week 12. You with Dallas, me with Houston. Uh, but if, for anyone who's still alive, first of all, congratulations. Who's your top pick for this week? Yeah, if you haven't used the Chargers, I think the Chargers are safe here. And if not them, my original plan was uh, I was going to go with the Seahawks this week. It's a lot riskier now because I think they're dead. So if you haven't used the Chargers, I would use them. If not, I think the Seahawks. Among the teams that you might not have used so far. Yeah, uh, you know, even with uh, the COVID issues. You'll be my issues, advice if you're still alive. <laughs> even with the COVID issues, I, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd feel decently about using the Chargers. Um, Bucks feel a little bit scary just because all the, the cluster injuries and, you know, going on a road in a division game. We've seen a lot of these kind of letdowns at this time of year. So uh, Chargers 
probably make the most sense if you, if you have them. All right, that's going to do it for our Week 16 Action Network podcast. As a reminder, you can follow all of our picks on the award-winning Action Network app. Just search Sunday Six Pack in the apps follow feature. You can follow Stuck on Twitter at Stucky2. You can follow me at Chris Raybon. You can find us at those same handles in the Action Network app. Be sure to check out actionnetwork.com for our betting content and write-ups. Stuck and I will be doing... Sunday night football, Monday night football write-ups, uh, and then we'll also be doing uh, the Christmas Day write-ups. To so be on the lookout for those, you can also find our fantasy football content at actionnetwork.com and our DFS content tools models at fantasylabs.com. Best of luck. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to you and yours. We're really grateful for you guys for listening all season long, and we'll see you next time. Be safe out there. Let's give this money. Let go.